Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Realm of Unknown. Thank you for joining me. Uh, today, we have a pretty topic. Um, it's a little weird, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I had a little bit of difficulty researching this, so bear with me. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, things have been pretty good. I am trying to get on a much more consistent schedule. If you guys are following me on Twitter, you will know that I am posting little hints and snippets of, uh, I don't know, I just sort of sat down and was like, I need to get my stuff together. I have more time now. I really shouldn't be behind with things, uh, even though I am currently job hunting and managing other stuff. I sat down for like three, four hours and just put down as many topics as I could, any interesting stuff I wanted to talk about. And uh, essentially, what we're going to do is we are going to divide this, uh, I guess, not series, this podcast into two uploads. So the Saturday is still going to be the primary upload date. And that's going to have like the heavy hitting topics, the ones that if they need be may come out like Saturday night. They're the more like research heavy, I guess would be like the better term. And um, everything else, all like the more fun and like interesting little like individual things that I was, I myself am interested in. And I'm sure a few of you are, if you are into the paranormal those are going to get pushed over to a Tuesday, which is actually... Oh, hey, Popo. Sorry, my dog's walking around. I'm actually home right now. Um, so the Tuesday-Saturday schedule is actually pretty reminiscent of what I was doing over on YouTube. I used to have uh, Tuesdays be my primary and then Saturday be my, my like extra whatever type series. Uh, I'm kind of reversing that. So again, we're going to have normal, regular uploads like we've always had on the weekends. And then we're going to have an additional one on Tuesday. So you guys are going to get double the dose of the Realm of Unknown. And we're going to have twice as many journeys into fun and interesting topics. And uh, hopefully I don't pull my hair out trying to manage this into my schedule. Right now, I'm, I think I should be able to for a while. Um, I don't really have a full-time job at the moment. I have two part-times. And uh, I'm looking for that, uh, you know steady schedule and a consistent solid one but in the time being i have you guys and this podcast to uh be my little side hobby so i am very content and i'm very happy and i'm hoping to share some of that and share some of this excitement for these topics with you guys sorry there are a lot of birds outside for some reason i don't know what is going on in the tree we have a purple leaf plum for some reason a lot of birds seem to like that one uh okay so Today's topic, I should just get into it. Um, so today's topic's a tiny bit shorter when it comes to the research side because with the paranormal stuff, it was actually surprisingly hard to get into, uh, but I have technically visited this location before. Um, I almost went on a paranormal investigation there back in the uh, early spring. However, I was unable to do so because it conflicted with a... Uh, current project I was handling, which was my thesis at the time, and I just, you know, I, I'd rather pass college than attend this. It was on, like, a Tuesday night, too, from, like, 8 to 12.30, and I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to drive to Camden and then sit on a boat and then come back. 
And uh, yeah, so our topic today is on a boat. Uh, it's our first boat one. I have a few that I kind of want to talk about uh, in time. But today, uh, following the trend of talking about things in and around my area, along with places that I've been to, we are going to be talking about the USS New Jersey. So as as normal, I'm going to do a little bit of background, and then I'm going to talk about the ghost sightings and reports and all that good stuff. And then just sort of give my own insight and, uh, I guess, reasoning for my viewpoint and stuff like that. Uh, so, okay, so the background. The, oh, I don't know what happened there. Uh, the USS New Jersey is labeled as the Iowa-class battleship. And those, uh, it was actually the second ship within the United States Navy to be titled the New Jersey. I can't find where the first one was. It's not important. Uh, we're only talking about this one. Uh, the New Jersey was earned. Uh, the New Jersey earned more battle stars and combat actions than all the other Iowa-class battleships. Uh, I guess throughout the entire history, I don't believe they really made any more. Uh, it was the only U.S. battleship who provided gun support, also during the Vietnam War, which we will talk about because I'm going to talk about some of its, I guess, active achievements and uh, roles within our history or our at least military history. Okay, so like mentioned a um, little bit earlier before, the New Jersey was an Iowa class, and that's a fast battleship. These were designed back in 1938 by the preliminary design branch of the Bureau of Construction and Repair. Uh, she was officially launched uh, a year um, after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. So she was launched on December 7th of 1942, and... You know, it was a big deal at the time. Uh, and she was commissioned soon after on May 23rd, 1943, uh, in Philadelphia by Captain F. Uh, Captain F. Holden. The ship ended up being the second of the Iowa classes to be commissioned in the U.S. Navy. I believe four were made. I can't remember. I don't know if I even wrote that down. Uh, I believe there was four. Uh, the ship, or at least five, uh, the ship was, uh, christened at her launching by Carolyn Edison, wife of then Governor Charles Edison of New Jersey, who he himself was a former Secretary of Navy. So there's a big, like, long history of intertwined people who are important to this position. And, uh, funny enough, um, the New Jersey was actually named, like, uh, besides all the other Iowa-class battleships, the New Jersey was specifically named at the time by President um, Frederick D. Roosevelt, or F Frederick, dear God, uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt, and this was all in order to pay back a debt um, for the guy that we just talked about, Charles Edison, who was the governor of New Jersey. Uh, he just like, I hear, name it after your state that you're currently in. <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird that like you can just pay back a debt by naming something, but I mean it's prestigious, so I guess it makes sense. Uh, so moving along, we're gonna go through like a brief rundown of the New Jersey's history and the sort of activities that she and her crew participated in to just kind of get a grasp of what it's gone through as a vessel and as the people on board. So as mentioned before, she was built during World War II, and in World War II, the New Jersey fired on targets both in Guam and Okinawa. And uh, it helped screen uh, aircraft carriers who were conducting raids in the Marshall Islands. Then, later on in history, during the Korean War, she was involved with raids up and down the North Korean coast. 
after which she was eventually decommissioned into the United States uh, Navy Reserve Fleet, which is technically also dubbed the Mothball Fleet. It's weird. I don't know why they call it that, technically. Uh, So, gosh, Blondie. Okay. Well, my dog's Blondie, and she's... She has a habit of crawling underneath tables, so bear with me. Um, she she likes being around me, and she likes being under tables. I'm currently using a table, so put two and two together. Okay, so where were we? We she was okay. So we're at the point in which the New Jersey was decommissioned, and now it's sitting in the reserve fleet. So she sat there for a little bit, and then uh, was eventually reactivated in 1968, and was sent to Vietnam in order to support U.S. troops before eventually returning back to the Mothball fleet for a second time a year later in 1969, my mom's birthday. She was reactivated once again in the 1980s as part of the 600-ship Navy program. The New Jersey was then modernized to carry missiles and was recommissioned for service. Then, in 1983, she participated in U.S. operations during the Lebanese Civil War. So that was basically the last war that it was involved in. And in 1991, after 21 years of service in the active fleet, she was officially decommissioned, uh, which earned a Navy unit commendation, uh, as well as along 15 battle and campaign stars for all of its combat operations during World War II, during the Korean War, during the Vietnam War, and during the Lebanese Civil War as well as technically some service in the Persian Gulf, although I don't know how deep that went. The main four that you want to talk about and focus on are the uh, Korean, Vietnam, Lebanese, and uh, World War II. That's where most of the stuff, I should say, came from. So after a brief uh, retention period, once again uh, sitting in the mothball fleet or the reserve fleet, she was uh, eventually donated to the Homeport Alliance in Camden, New Jersey, and that's where she began the transformation and now her official career as a museum ship in 2001 on October 15th. So yes, currently, as of now, the New Jersey is a basically floating city-slash-museum that uh, you can go on tours with, host events at, and just go and visit and have a lot of fun. Uh, I've been there a few times, and I'll talk about those coming up. And uh, during all those times, I did not know that this, this place was haunted, so bear with me. Um, I And again, I was technically invited to an investigation with the uh, Hoot Paranormal Club, the one that I uh, went to Laurel Hill with. I was invited to go to the New Jersey investigation in the spring. However, I wasn't able to. I heard it went well. Uh, I heard it was very cold because, um, again, they went in early spring and it was nighttime. It was like really late nighttime. Um, and from what I can remember, yes, the New Jersey is very cold to sit on, uh, especially because I slept over there uh, at one point, And I'll talk about that at the end. Well, my audio cut out on me for there, uh, but nothing was missed, so we'll continue. Um, So moving along with the background history that I provided, we're going to move into the paranormal stories. And again, I didn't know about this. I didn't know about any of these hauntings until pretty much recently uh, in the idea that, I guess, the the potential that it could be haunted. And um, 
when it comes to these claims, please bear with me because I, again, I wasn't able to go on the investigation. So I don't know that much deep personal history of the location. And on top of that, uh, I never went on any of the tours for like the ghost stuff. I've only been there for the museum and then for an overnight visit uh, with uh, my Boy Scout troop when I was really young. So I have technically slept over, but not in the capacity in which I could do any investigations. And again, I didn't know about this. Uh, And when it comes to the paranormal stories and the reports and the, the, I guess, the information that's being given out, it is so significantly vague. Uh, I could not find very much. And I tried looking at other avenues. I tried looking through other sources. I went on to like Reddit and Facebook and stuff to even just find posts about this stuff. When I say that for some odd reason there's just like no good documentation of this, and and to be fair, you know, that might just be the fact that like okay they're they're playing it up, but like staff and stuff have said like I have seen things and other like staff members will be like, "Well, I personally haven't seen stuff, but I know people who have." So, like, people have clearly said this, and this is all on, like, the official museum, New Jersey, uh, USS New Jersey website. Like, there's written testimony of that stuff being said. But then no one talks about it. Like, no one talks about it. It's so, like, hush-hush that, to me, I'm just like, is this just, like, a ploy to, like, get tickets? Like, is this just, like, all right, we're not going to tell you anything, come on the tour, and then listen. I guess, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously not the biggest issue and it's not the biggest location to really, like, plan a visit for. So it makes sense in a way. Uh, but just keep that in mind when I when we go through this because there's a lot of, like, rough, rough spots. Um, when it, like, there's very brief encounters. Um, there's one good one, but there's a, a lot of brief ones. Um, okay, so let's just start this off. Uh, so... As we've mentioned before, there have been a lot of, like, long history when it comes to the USS New Jersey. And with that uh, comes a lot of, uh, like, honorable stars, awards, and commemorations. Oh, my God, I can't speak today. Commendations. I was going to say commemorations, but (laughs) commendations. And with those being received, almost just as many ghosts and spirits have also been, I guess, thrust upon this ship. And uh, with that comes a lot of reports and a lot of weird misgoings that are on. And if you haven't been on a battleship like this size before, I will say just based off like the very brief memory that I have of that spot, I can very much understand why a lot of these things happen because on a thing that size, unless you know where you're going, it's very disorienting or disorienting and um again you're on water so there's like slight motion from what i remember there's a lot of motion the first time i went the second time not so much but the first time for some reason there was a lot of like swaying back and forth it wasn't stormy it's just a lot uh and again like it's it's pretty dark for the most part um from what i can remember even though they had lights and stuff it was still pretty dark and then you're just, like, in a giant iron thing, like, or steel thing. Like, it's just a lot of 
clinks, everything kind of echoes in a way. Uh, it's just an odd scenario if you haven't been in it before. Uh, so I can totally understand if like some of these reports are coming in from first-time visitors or like new staff members. I can personally understand why this stuff happens. Uh, so let's just get into it. I'll stop rambling. I'll, I'll save that for the end. So to start us off, uh, several spirits have been said to haunt the ship's brig, which essentially is sort of like the holding area of the ship or like a sort of makeshift prison sort of spot. I'm no expert, uh, but that's sort of like my way of simplifying what that is. Uh, it's essentially just think of like a prison, not a jail, or I guess, yeah, think of a jail, not a prison. Sorry. Um, so down there is where shadow-like figures have been reported roaming around and often settling down. In addition, there is very often reports from staff and visitors of someone whistling in the darkness. Because again, this place gets pretty dark and there's no lights on. Uh, again, this being down in the brig, uh, it is believed that possibly that this is someone who was once imprisoned on the ship at one point because they had... They did have prisoners throughout like the duration of its service, so it's completely plausible. Uh, during the new okay, and also uh, the whistling is often reported with a lot of investigations, as well as uh, people who are alone. Like it is very like spontaneous. Like you shouldn't be hearing whistling, like that type of stuff. Um, so that's sort of like when people like really report that sort of thing happening. And for some reason, the brig seems to be like a major thing. It makes sense because like trauma and that sort of energy is kind of tied hand in hand with that sort of environment. Uh, so moving on, I keep saying that a lot. During the Korean War, uh, one soldier was actually killed on duty with like upon the ship. And the spirit is one that is said to roam up and down the hallways basically throughout the New Jersey. And if you go on the tours for the ship today, you can actually go to the location in which it is believed that he passed away. And that's like a major landmark milestone of like the ghost side, the paranormal tours that they host there is that you'll go and you'll visit the spot in which this sailor passed away. I don't know why they highlight that sort of stuff so much, but he's said to move up and down the hallways and the corridors, and there's a lot of them. There are also apparent reports of ghostly unseen hands that push or shove people, almost in an attempt to prevent them from entering certain areas of the ship. Sudden, unexplainable bouts of dread and nausea have also been reported. Uh, it's something that both guests and staff have claimed. Although some of this may be attributed to seasickness, and bear with me here, because again, I'm not an expert on anything, but even though the ship is docked, and even though it's not moving technically, uh, you still are. And it's, again, it's huge, and from what I can remember, there was a lot of motion. It took a while to really get comfortable to it the first time I was there, but I was there overnight, so within a few hours I was fine. Like I was completely like adjusted to like the swaying. You just kind of like ignore it in a way. And you just sort of like your vision focuses, your balance gets like pretty steady. But I can totally understand because the tours themselves are only roughly about like an hour, an hour and a half. 
I could totally understand some random person who's never been on like a boat really just kind of feeling that way. And this is only attributing really to the nausea of what people are feeling, not so much the dread. Although, I don't know, I guess if your like center of balance is kind of off and you're like in a new environment, you're all closed in, I can kind of see that happening as well. But I don't know, these th- these, this is just me trying to give an explanation to what might possibly not have one. Just trying to satisfy both sides of the story here. <laughs> um, so in relation to those claims of people being pushed and that sort of like wave of nausea and, and, and dread and, and like just feeling horrible, there is actually a report. And uh, this comes from a article that I found that is in relation to a group called the Jumps Investigators, or I guess Jumps. And uh, what they are is a Salem County, which is in New Jersey, group, which their acronyms stand for the Jersey Unique Minds Paranormal Society. So this is just another paranormal investigation group that is based in Salem County, and they do a lot of trips around New Jersey, PA, like the tri-state area. And they were on an investigation here on the U.S. New Jersey, or the USS New Jersey. And it was led by the founder, Doug Hoget Jr., uh, and this was investigated back in 2013, so a few years back. So during this investigation, they actually did have several strange experiences while on their visit. And the one that I'm going to be talking about today happened to one particular investigator. I'm not going to give names because they didn't really give names either. They kind of wanted to keep people somewhat anonymous, except for the founder because, I mean, his face is plastered all over the, their website. It's not a good website. <laughs> um, so the group at the time was near the front part of the ship where the anchor uh, and the mooring lines were kept. So they were, I guess they were just doing an investigation. They were doing EVPs. They were just sort of uh, co- like getting a grasp of the, of the environment. They don't go into super great detail as to like why they're there, the context, but to each their own when it comes to storytelling. Uh, so at this point, they're up in the front, and one investigator believes that she heard footsteps on the staircase to her left. So, like any, I guess, good investigator or brave soul um, would be, she walked over to the stairs in order to investigate, and she began to make her way up them in order to see if, you know, anyone ran up. That's when she only got about two steps up before feeling someone or something push her back from the front so up above her pushing her back down the stairs so that plays back into the whole idea of people sort of preventing you from getting to certain spots on the ship and at this point uh the nausea quickly like overcame her so we're playing into both of these reports she just got like this overwhelming wave of nausea and she had to walk away from the stairs, sit down, and, like, take a breather. Like, it was that bad. And at this point, she's been on the boat for a while, so it's kind of odd that it just spurred out of nowhere. Once, after a short refresher, this particular investigator, bless her heart, got back up and went right back to the stairs and tried this stuff this stuff again. And uh, this time, however, she was able to get up a few more steps, but, like the first time, she was then pushed away. And... Unlike last time, she was pushed so hard this the second time that she was nearly 
like falling backwards down the stairs. The first one was just sort of like a like a bump, like please stop, you're not going any further. The second time was so hard that she like had to catch herself. She almost fell off the stairs. I'm assuming the ghost is pissed because it's like I told you to stop, stop. Uh, and during this second attempt, they also had a mail meter going off. There is a lot of birds outside right now, like right at the window. Okay. Um, so I apologize for that background noise. <laughs> um, so during the second time they had a mail meter going off and it was registering an 8.9 EMF, which was pretty high. And, um, for anyone who doesn't know, a millimeter is a device used to measure the electromagnetic field or temperature. Although, let this be stated that it has been established that electronics and older systems, like electrical systems and stuff like that, can technically tamper those sort of readings. So, I don't know because the report and the people who wrote this article being, you know, the investigators on the trip, they didn't jot down whether or not they took a baseline of the ship itself, which is something you usually do, and I'm assuming they did, but again, I, I couldn't find that. So, they established, well, they, they got that reading, it was 8.9 EMF, which was, again, was really pretty high for that event, and it was in direct correlation to this investigator being pushed the second time. So, you know, they have somewhat credible proof of something happening at the time that something happened. And, okay, moving on. So, despite all this, after being pushed a second time and having the nausea come back, uh, she took another break, and she did it a third time. Like, she's just going back for more each time. And uh, I would not do that. (laughs) I would not be that crazy. I, I don't mean crazy. I would just say brave. Um, but she did. She went back a third time, and then the story stops. So I'm assuming it didn't happen a third time. Um, hence why the story stopped. They didn't have more to you know, talk about, so they just kind of stopped it. And yeah, so that was like one of the more detailed and more, I guess, like somewhat credible because there was more than one person there they were on a group thing it makes a little more credibility to the fact that hey something may have happened granted she could have easily just i don't want to say faked it but you know maybe played it up a bit more you know what i mean i don't know i wasn't there so i can't really weigh in too much but i will keep talking about the other stuff that happened here which is not much (laughs) um like I said earlier, there's not a whole lot that happens on this ship, aside from like the usual sort of paranormal type stuff. So, with that usual stuff, they have a lot of sudden like gusts of wind and a lot of cold spots that like seep through throughout the ship. Again, bear with me. Like this is all in the corridors and the hallways, pretty much throughout the USS New Jersey. But again. It was very cold. Like, it's a very cold environment. There's really, like, if you're in the center and stuff, there's no, like, windows. There's really technically no, like, really, really great heating system, from what I can remember, at least. Like, we had to bundle up. And I believe we went, like, late summer, like, early fall, and we still had to bundle up while on there. So, you know, 
but they still report like really sudden, really cold, like waves that just sort of flow over you and keep moving through. So that is a little weird. And finally, uh, because you know, it, it has, it is a haunted location and like all haunted locations, the USS New Jersey is also accompanied by the rather, I guess, common reports of paranormal stuff. So this would be uh, like the mysterious and disembodied footsteps, like we mentioned before with the investigator. That, however, is reported pretty much throughout the ship, as well as random, just like, just out of nowhere, there shouldn't be anyone else around type bangs and knocks, tapping. A lot of these seem to be sort of like mechanical noises as well, as if maybe someone's still working on the ship. And most creepy of all, uh, disembodied whispers. People are just like whispering throughout the ship. Uh, although, this and this this isn't my opinion, because I, I put like a little extra bullet point for this one in particular. Uh, in my opinion, the worst out of all these reports is the fact that Quote, there are reports from within the latrines of the ship, so the bathroom areas, there are reports that say that ghosts or ghosts, like plural, have been have been reported to slam doors shut while people are, are in there, or just slam them shut and then you go there and there's no one there at all. Or, and this is terrifying, uh, tell people that are in the latrine to, quote, go away. <laughs> like, there's just some ghost hanging out in the bathroom, just, like, slamming doors, yelling at people. I would be ter- I would, thank God I'm in the bathroom because I'm going to shit my pants. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, in any other scenario, I'd be scared, but I'm in the bathroom. You're so vulnerable in that scenario. Now, it doesn't technically specify, because... Okay, so back then, there was only, I believe, only male bathrooms. Because, again, this was built back in... Uh, this was built in preparation for the U.S. getting involved with World War II. I'm fairly certain there were no female servicemen, especially in the Navy. But I could... Okay, bear with me, I could be completely wrong. I didn't put that into my script. But now that it's modern day and these reports are happening in modern day, uh, they have uh both both types of bathrooms they have bathrooms for women and they have bathrooms for men and everyone in between uh but maybe i don't know maybe that might play into why like these reports are happening i don't know maybe people are pissed off that there are girls using the bathroom i don't like i don't know why this ghost would be hanging out or i guess plural ghosts would just be chilling in the bathroom of a battleship. Like if you're a soldier or if you're if you're a a, a navy man and you're I guess haunt, you chose to haunt one location after your death and that was the ship that you served on. Why would you hang out in the bathroom? Like they haven't really like moved around rooms so it's not like oh, you know, this used to be like the this used to be the like the warhead room. Like this used to be where we like strategize stuff. No, they, these are just the latrines. Like this was where they went to the bathroom. This is where like they did their stuff. This is where they shout. Like, I don't know why <laughs> it's just such a weird, like, 
like in a house maybe i can kind of get like you know people die in the bathroom like tragedies happen there it's like a somewhat safe environment for some people but like it I, it's just baffling to the fact that like one of the worst reports of just like a ghost yelling get out and slamming doors and stuff comes out of the bathroom it just seems so odd to me um but above that uh there is a more i guess notable figure that is spotted on the ship most of these prior ones are assumed to just be past servicemen um again there is also the the assumption that the whistling in the brig could be potentially a person who was held there but for the most part it's just assumed that it could be any servicemen throughout you know the new jersey's history and it was a few decades so uh but in this particular instance there is a more, I guess, famous figure that is also spotted, and this is the spectral form of the ship's long-dead Admiral Halsey. So, Admiral Halsey was the active fleet admiral within the Navy back during World War II. So, this was when, you know, the ship was first put out there. This was during her first run. He was the admiral on board. And uh, he passed away back in the late 1950s. So he's gone. Uh, And for some reason, people are still seeing him on the boat. So his spirit is said to roam about the ship pretty much everywhere. He's moving up and down hallways. People see him in different rooms. People see him on the ship itself, on the top deck. He sort of pops in and out. He just sort of like vanishes once you see him. And then like might pop up somewhere else. He's all over the boat and he sort of does this without any warning there's no real i guess calling card to his sightings like how some uh hauntings at certain houses and certain locations will sort of be tied in with like different uh stimuli like some reports have you know like you might smell perfume in the air and that's when you know that like this ghost might currently be active or you smell like cigars or you hear like a specific boot sound rather than just like footsteps, that sort of stuff. The Admiral, on the other hand, just doesn't seem to have that. He just seems to be an apparition. So I guess sort of like an echo in a way. He just sort of like floating along, going up and down the halls, making sure everything is going well and just sort of going about his day. Like, like no one really cares. And that's it (laughs) i guess it's such a weird uh tangent to end on i know i'm sorry but like i said there's not much on this ship i mean granted there are there were a decent amount but there aren't that many uh reports i guess it just seems so weird that like you know there's so many people coming on and off and day in day out People are working there nonstop. It just seems weird that, you know, this happened and, like, not that many reports came out of it. Uh, there were, like, some, some, some slight, like, other stuff, but nothing, like, credible and nothing really, like, consistent or, like, repeated. So it stinks that, like, that's the case. Uh, the biggest thing, obviously, being the jump investigation or I guess jumps, plural, 
it's hard to say. Aside from that, again, other paranormal investigators have visited the location. You can go on ghost tours if you want. I don't know how much they are, but you can go there pretty much whenever. I don't believe they have a, like a time in which the museums close for like a season. And uh, But I mean, yeah, I mean, again, so when it comes to paranormal locations, what people most often, I guess, associate to a paranormal location is the idea that something sort of has to happen to cause this unless it's some like environmental thing or location based thing. Usually something has to happen either in the house or in the spot or to an object in order to imbue it with these sort of events and activity. And when it comes to the USS New Jersey, that should be pretty obvious as to what it was that caused this sort of stuff it was at war like it was in world war ii all the way up to having some sort of relation to the gulf war so this this ship has seen a lot and the people on that ship have seen a lot during its active run so it is pretty much plausible to believe that for the most part the people who are on that boat still aside from the staff currently running the museum would be the spirits of the active servicemen who lived essentially on this floating city slash battleship. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure. Um, again, like, people have theories as to why this sort of stuff happens. To me, it makes sense that, you know, all this stress, all this, like, wartime anxiety, along with, you know, the actual events of fighting tied in with you know people living there all the time people making it their home sort of made it into a hub for paranormal activity again it doesn't seem to be very malicious aside from uh, my dog (laughs) not malicious uh, my dog's walking on hardwood um these reports don't seem to be very malicious in any way uh they they're pretty much like benevolent uh, and a lot of the, the spirits, again, are assumed to be servicemen. Aside from, you know, the people yelling at you to get out of the bathroom and, you know, shoving, nothing else really seems that bad. And, you know, both of those could have explanations. You know, again, I said the bathroom thing could potentially be due to the fact that back then, they only really had guys on the ship, so it would make sense as to why you know girls going to the bathroom might be odd for these dudes. Like it's like you're in the male room, male's bathroom. Why are you here? You know they're jaded. <laughs> I don't. I sound, don't want to speak ill of the dead, but you know, like it's a different time for them. Uh, and then you know for the the shoving thing when it in relation to the investigator. Again, it's, it's it's still a battleship, so potentially these events in which people are prevented from getting into rooms, or in this case, going upstairs, that could be in direct relation to the idea that you're not allowed in this spot. Like, you don't have access to this spot. Why are you trying to get up there? So it makes sense in, like, the mindset that these are soldiers, these are people on a battleship. So it sort of gives some credence as to why these sort of events are happening. But for the most part, from what it seems like, 
no one really is out to get anyone, and there doesn't seem to be any, like, negative entity attached to the location. And for the most part, it seems as though people on that ship, the spirits, I should say, are just there to help keep the USS New Jersey running smoothly. Like, just keeping her up and going for the for the most part. Uh, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Again, I, I missed out on the investigation, which stinks. But I hope to go on one soon. I don't know. I might plan out a, a tour um, to go to visit the location. I do want to go to a lot of, like, more close-by spots in order to, like, either go on a tour, like I said, or, or go on an investigation with a group or with, like, friends or, like, by myself if I can, like, be attached to, like, another bigger group, I guess. Um, I almost did that with uh, Fort Mifflin. I do plan to still go back there. But that's it. <laughs> like, I, like I said, there's not a whole lot on the USS New Jersey, but it was definitely an interesting thing to sort of learn the history of and sort of get a grasp of how this whole sort of thing sort of plays into each other when it comes to a military-based, like, haunting. There seems to be a bit more, like, order in a way. <laughs> I, I don't know 100% for all locations. Uh, but that sort of why I made this this week's episode, too. Um, it was sort of a way to wean in because, like I just said, uh, with the Fort Mifflin investigation... That's actually next week's episode, so <laughs> I have a whole list now so I can actually give heads up. Um, so if you guys enjoyed this one or if you want to hear more about like much more haunted locations, stay tuned for next Saturday because we'll be talking about Fort Mifflin, which is a fairly haunted fort here in uh, a little northeast tri-state area. Um However, if you don't, if you're not into that sort of stuff and you want to stick around for some like cryptozoology things, I will be uploading again on Tuesday. Uh, I, this one might come out Sunday just due to the fact that it is very, very stormy here at the time that I'm recording. Um, we have had horrendous thunderstorms back and forth and the power has gone out twice. So this might end up going up on Sunday. It's supposed to be up on Saturday. Uh, but if you are not interested in the paranormal and you're not interested in the Fort Mifflin story that's coming out next Saturday on the, what day is that? The 13th, you can stay tuned and check us out on Tuesday, uh, which is the 9th of July in which we will be talking about a special little, you know, maybe a little alien thing. Uh, (laughs) it's technically an alien, um, but I have it sort of under a cryptid in a way. Uh, So if you're into that sort of stuff, check us out then. Aside from that, that's pretty much it for this episode. There's no other announcements I really have for you guys. Uh, If you want to, you know, stay up to date on things that I'm announcing, definitely check out my Twitter. It's Realm of Unknown. If you want to see, like, photos and postings of the locations that we're talking about or videos, check out the uh, Instagram, uh, Realm of Unknown. I might go live there every now and then. I'm not sure yet. And if you want to, like, you know, really support and really help out, you can go on YouTube and watch the podcast there along with all the backlog uh, videos I have. I have, like, two years' worth there. And um, you can check us out there. Or you can just email me your own stories if you want to. I really, really would love to listen and not listen, read through a lot of your guys' stories if you have them. I loved doing that over on YouTube in the comment section. 
So if you have your own, email me at realmofunknown at gmail.com. Aside from that, just check me out anywhere. I'm on pretty much every podcast platform at this point. <laughs> I, it's weird to think that like you're on all of them, uh, but I pretty much am. I'm, I'm on Apple, I'm on uh, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, but I use Anchor as my host and they're great. Uh, so check me out there too, if you want to, aside from that, I hope you guys had a great time and I hope you can join me again on Tuesday and next week when we go into two more little journeys into the realm of unknown. Remember to stay spooky and have a great time. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.